Good morning, good afternoon, good whatever time it is for you. I am Nikki Acosta, cloud evangelist at Cisco. Welcome to Cloud Unfiltered, where we talk all things cloud. We have a great guest with us today, Dave Lively, one of Cisco's very own. Dave, introduce yourself. Thanks, Nikki. Glad to be here with you this morning and with everybody else out there across the internet. Uh, I am a director in the product management team inside of Cisco's cloud group. So we're focusing on uh, software products to help Cisco customers, you know, use and take advantage of cloud on-prem or off-prem. Awesome. And how did you find yourself, uh, you've been at Cisco for a minute, how did you get into tech to begin with? No, it's a good question. I've been at Cisco for longer than a minute. I've been in tech for kind of as long as I can remember. Just early on, I was, uh, you know, uh, geeking out with uh, with my dad on you know early computers. We started with uh, the Atari 800XL was my my first computer way back in the day. My dad had uh, you know big Zenith and Heathkit computers that he put together himself, big eight inch floppies. So you know we've been we've been doing computers almost ever since there's been been computers first programs were writing basic programs to draw lines on the screen so i've been been at it for a while and i i did read uh that you are an adrenaline junkie tell us about that yeah so that's my email address uh don't spam it please but uh i've been doing sort of crazy stuff for for a long time i got into rock climbing when i was in college i've done Mountain climbing. I've summited Mount Shasta in California, Mount Rainier up in uh, uh, Washington. I raced motorcycles back early in the in the day. I race bicycles now, mountain biking, road biking. So you know, if it's got a little bit of a of a push myself element to it, then uh, I'm kind of into it. So you're a little crazy, is what you're trying to say, and just, a little just, and a little hippie maybe too. <laughs> no, I don't know. I would, hippie is probably not the word I'd use to describe myself. So I don't know what anyone else that I know of. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's me. Uh, so, you know, we were talking before the show and, uh, you know, we we're talking about kind of just the amount of change that Cisco Cloud has gone through. And you were very involved in sort of, you know, this, first of all, in OpenStack. I mean, you were involved in OpenStack yep. from a very, very long time ago. Uh, you care to date yourself in your experience with OpenStack so far? Yeah. So the first, so. Uh, first time I was working with OpenStack was back when I was in our systems group uh, at Cisco, and we were building sort of infrastructure-based systems for service providers to build like hosting services off of. Uh, we were using VMware at the time. We were looking at OpenStack, but deemed it a little bit too immature at the time. That was back in the, I want to say, Cactus release, if I remember correctly. Uh, first OpenStack summit I actually attended, I want to say, was down in San Diego, I think. I think that might have been the Folsom one down in, in San Diego where, where networking got introduced as a first-class citizen. It was quantum at the time, back when it was we were allowed to call it quantum before we had to change the name. So To Neutron, right? Yeah. And so you've probably seen a lot of change in networking, but going back to sort of, you know, your cloud experiences, you know, inner cloud, right, was a, yeah. was a thing for Cisco. We've kind of withdrawn from that uh, just based on market conditions. Is there anything else you want to add to that part? No, I mean, I'd say when we started off on Intercloud, this is going back three and a half or four years at that point, the, the focus was we need to build a cloud platform internally uh, to host Cisco's applications, our Collab, Spark, Mobility, Security, IoT, those types of applications. And, and along the way, as we were talking with more service providers, 
more service providers were interested in trying to offer public cloud style services, self-service experiences to give them something, to give their customers something similar to what Amazon was offering. Uh, and you know, they didn't really want to try to build it themselves. And so you know, we had this idea that uh, you know, we'd be able to, to take what we're already building at Cisco, drop regions of it into service providers' data centers, uh, we'd still run it uh, as Cisco so we could get the scale from an operations perspective and an engineering perspective, but then service providers would uh, you know, then sell it to their customers, use it for their own applications, sell our applications and services on, on top, uh, et cetera. So it was an interesting journey for me. I moved from being sort of what I would say on the vendor side in, in cloud where I'm selling the boxes, selling the software, to being the operator. Uh, you know, suddenly we were building and operating a, a cloud you know, 24-7, DevOps, you know, uh, uh, everything and it was a uh, it was a great experience. Uh, you know, uh, fast forward three years, the pace is so fast, uh, uh, and I think that we've arrived where most of our customers have arrived as well. Which is, there's a few big hyperscale providers, Amazon, Azure, Google, that have such a size and scale uh, advantage that they're just you know light years ahead of most other people in terms of building things on a public cloud scale. We actually still have the, the same cloud running internally at Cisco because just like our customers, there's a number of workloads that we want to, for whatever reason, control, compliance, security, we want to be able to run those on-prem, keep them in Cisco data centers. So we still have a, a, some of the regions that are still up and running, still you know, supporting workloads still based on uh, OpenStack. It's the same thing we built before. We're just, uh, you know, we've sort of refocused to where we started, which is, you know, hosting Cisco workloads. And then the external Cisco SaaS applications, they're running where a lot of our customers sort of externally focused applications are running, which is up in public cloud. And so what are you specifically tasked with now? So right now I'm working on the private cloud side of things uh, here at, at Cisco. So, you know, again, most people still have a large number of workloads and applications that are running uh, on-prem. And so, you know, we're trying to, to give our on-prem customers the same sort of self-service, you know, use services uh, experience that they get when leveraging public cloud, but doing it on-prem in their, in their private cloud. It's the MetaCloud experience, and, you know, we're working on some stuff to, to add some more features and capabilities into that. So is it is it more intended for sort of the developer audience that might use sort of an AWS or are they, you know, is this more oriented towards IT? Well, it's, uh, the answer is both, right? And, and so, you know, ultimately the purchasers inside an enterprise tend to be IT. It's the, the developers live in the lines of business. They do the development. IT is more in charge of, you know, a lot of the spending, a lot of the security postures and policies, a lot of the networking postures and policies. So, you know, uh, the developers ultimately don't care if it's running a public cloud or running a private cloud. They care about being able to, to get the virtual infrastructure as fast as they need it, scale it up when they when they, they need it, do everything self-service, everything through an API. They don't want to have to open trouble tickets to add a user or to increase their quota or things like that. They just, they're used to that self-service experience. They want to continue it. They don't care if it's on-prem or, or off. Uh, IT does. And so IT tends to, to be a little bit more of the buyer. If they can set up uh, and maintain and operate an infrastructure on-prem, that looks and feels to their developers the same as you know Amazon or Google or Microsoft off-prem, then that's going to be a win on both sides. So you mentioned you know Google, Azure, Microsoft, and you know as someone who's kind of in the market, maybe evaluating cloud providers, you know most people would probably think of Cisco as a networking company, not a, a cloud provider. But uh, as we were talking about earlier in the show, you don't believe that's a very fair assessment. Why? 
No, certainly it's, it's easy to look at Cisco and just say, yeah, you're a networking company because that's where our roots were. we're so that's how we started uh, a, a long time ago. But if you look at the portfolio of products and capabilities across Cisco right now, yeah, we've still got a data center group. And that data center group produces servers and switches for, for, for data centers. Uh, and we've still got networking groups that are building routers and switches and things like that. But uh, in terms of cloud, if you're thinking just purely a cloud infrastructure provider like uh, an Amazon AWS or like Azure or like Google Cloud Platform, then yeah, Cisco's probably not who you're thinking of when you're looking to go to public cloud. But when you're looking at leveraging cloud services, whether it's collaboration capabilities with our, our Spark systems, whether you're looking to do IoT applications, whether you're looking to do cloud security and secure stuff on-prem and in the cloud, whether you're looking to do networking, uh, and you know, Cisco's cloud services router, actually one of the more popular uh, items in Amazon's marketplace because enterprise customers are looking to leverage that same networking sort of expertise and constructs and policies that they've built on-prem, extend those up into their, their public cloud. So, yeah, we may not be a cloud infrastructure provider, but a lot of cloud services from Cisco. And when it comes to all those workloads that customers want to keep on-prem, increasingly they're turning to Cisco for the infrastructure on-prem to run those cloud workloads as well. In a private cloud. In a private cloud, that's right. Or in a hosted cloud. I mean, not all private clouds are on-prem in a data center. Some are, are out in cola spaces or in hosting providers as well. So I, I asked Kip the same question last week, but what, what are you seeing in the service provider space? Obviously, it's a very, very different market than your traditional enterprise or mid-sized company. But what is what is the allure for service provider companies currently? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think service providers, it's an interesting time for them, right? And service providers are... You know, if you looked a few years ago, four or five years ago, I'd say there were a lot of service providers that were looking to be cloud providers, IaaS providers. And it was a big, how do we build IaaS? Uh, OpenStack was big in service providers for building IaaS. Uh, if I look at where most of the service provider interest is these days, it's gotten less off of the IaaS path. I'll take Telstra as a great example. Telstra, uh, they partner with Azure, they partner with Amazon. Uh, they partner with a number of public cloud providers. They still have their own cloud, leverage cloud for building their own applications and, and services. And so as they want to build network-oriented services but are leveraging being able to spin up uh, you know, things like firewalls or VPNs or things like that, spin those up in a, a private cloud environment inside their data centers. They provide cloud connectivity back and forth to different cloud providers. And so service providers are still very much in the cloud game, but it's not, uh, it's not an IaaS game for a lot of them uh, uh, anymore. Because, again, the hyperscale providers are really winning at that. I think there's plenty of service providers out there who still have opportunities in sort of a niche IaaS play. Data sovereignty is a really interesting uh, thing to consider as we start looking at this because, you know, more and more customers are less comfortable with my data can just be anywhere. As, you know, there's security incidents in the cloud. We've, you know, we all remember the target ones. Uh, you know, there's there's things that may cause some people not want to keep everything you know in the cloud, or maybe people in Europe don't want United States companies or United States government be able to access their cloud, so they want to keep things you know in their country. So there's still a lot of opportunities. It's you know e even though Amazon, Microsoft, Google are way ahead in terms of scale, there's still a lot of opportunities, especially more on the niche uh, uh, side or or country specific side. You know, in addition to sovereignty too, I kind of see you know Cisco seeing cloud from from two different directions, and that's like sort of the bottoms up network infrastructure up. But then, you know, also through our acquisition of Appinamics and Clicker, kind of seeing it from the application level yeah. down. And there seems to be sort of you know different schools of thought even within Cisco about what 
what the definition of cloud is. But where where do you see this playing out longer term? Yeah, the definition of cloud is very cloudy, uh, and it means different things to different uh, people. But you know, I'd say from a networking perspective, there is no more network centric world than cloud. In cloud. Everything is across the network sitting somewhere. Nothing's running locally. Everything is across some network. So networking plays a huge role uh, in cloud. Maybe it plays a different role, but it's still absolutely a, a, a huge role. And in an ideal world, customers don't want to have to learn and do different types of networking as they connect to different types of, of clouds. So if they can keep networking consistent, even as they may run you know, serverless workloads up in Amazon because they're enamored with Lambda these days, or uh, they're building their .NET applications up in uh, Azure because that's the, the obvious place to, to do that, or maybe, you know, even taking advantage of Oracle's new cloud. Haven't talked about them, but, you know, if you're running big Oracle databases and you want to be able to develop applications running on uh, Oracle and put those up in the cloud, there's probably no better cloud to run those applications that are connected to an Oracle database than have been Oracle. So people are going to use multiple clouds, but if they can keep their networking capabilities consistent across those, security, you want to be able to apply security policies consistently across those, and as well as on-prem, where you're going to keep some of your workloads uh, as well. So you know, the answer, and this is where you see Cisco's strategy evolving to, is much more focused around multi-cloud and how do we help our customers you know, run their applications, uh, control the networking to their applications, control the security around their applications, monitor the performance of their applications, you know, get into app dynamics, regardless of where they sit, whether it's in one of the public clouds, whether it's in private cloud, multiple private clouds. You know, the reality is, is no, few people, Netflix is the obvious, you know, uh, uh, counter example to prove the point, but few people are absolutely 100% all in, in in one public cloud. Yeah, and you know that that's interesting because I've worked with a lot of I'll say smaller companies and, and startup type companies where they they don't have sort of this this uh, this technical debt. They don't have this baggage of having to make sure that everything new that they do integrates with something that they've had for a while. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like there's any larger company in the world that's going to be able to to just snap their fingers and you know completely move everything to the cloud. It's just not going to happen. Not yeah, anytime soon. No, some some do right, and so, I mean you know some some have you know tried to snap their fingers and are moving hundreds of applications up into the, the, the cloud. It's not a short uh, journey. It's not an easy journey. And, and the reality is there's some workloads, just like mainframes are still 